0: Because you're able to submerge yourself in other people's skin, to travel the world, uh, to uh, jump in terms of time, to have those experiences outside what one figures is outside of oneself, and to come back to self with the, a more expanded
1: view of humanity. The new playwright-in-residence at the Repertory Theater St. Louis still sees the power of theater in this changed world, even if the mode of delivery has changed.
0: Uh, How we connect with people to let them know that they're not alone in this world in terms of their journeys, wherever they may be sitting, standing, uh, (laughs) up under the bed. Uh, (laughs) You know, whether that's radio, uh, whether that's TV, these are the challenges it is about finding the authentic voice that strikes a person uh, no matter
1: what platform. I'm Sarah Fensky. This is St. Louis on the Air. You may remember Regina Taylor from her role as Lily Harper in the 1990s TV show All Fly Away, co-starring Sam Waterston. Regina won a Golden Globe Award for Best Actress, three NAACP Image Awards, and two Emmy nominations. Her film and TV work also includes *Clockers*, *Courage Under Fire*, *Lean On Me*, and *Lovecraft Country*. She was also the first Black Juliet in *Romeo and Juliet* on Broadway. But Regina isn't just an actress; she's also a playwright with a host of critically acclaimed plays to her credit. She continues to write today, exploring what it's like to be Black in the year 2020, and she'll be doing some of that writing from St. Louis. Today, the Repertory Theater of St. Louis announced that Regina Taylor is its Andrew Mellon Grant playwright-in-residence, and she'll serve in that role for the next three years. And she joins us today to talk about it. So, Regina Taylor, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. Very happy to be here. So you've got a lot going on, and a lot going on in Hollywood, including Lovecraft Country. What made you want to take this job in St. Louis?
0: Well, uh, I love the theater. I uh, grew up in in theater uh, as a writer, and uh, I also have a great admiration for Hannah Sharif. Mm We've known each other for a long time, so when she got her new position, she gave me a call, and I immediately said, yes, she is so fierce and so brilliant. I wanted to be on her team.
1: That's great. And so, Hana Sharif, our listeners may remember we've had her on the show a couple times. I know she recently had a baby, so it's been a little while, but um, she's now the director of the Repertory Theater and and just doing some amazing stuff in her first couple years there. Um, Do you have a specific set of tasks that you're hoping to accomplish, or is it more things are going to come up and and you'll tackle them as you see them?
0: Well, I'm very much interested in community collaborations and connections. I look forward to meeting with the communities in St. Louis and using art as a bridge to bring people together. I I want to partner with a variety of of local artists, writers, art makers, musicians, museums, uh, connecting the art, uh, also connecting the art to life. Uh, So that would also uh, building bridges to policymakers, to social justice groups, to help welfare education institutions and individuals.
1: Wow, so that it sounds like you're gonna have a lot on your plate. Um, how do you even figure out how to begin something like that? Well, one,
0: I've already started a piece called Love and Kindness in the Time of Quarantine. And that is a piece of short pieces. Uh, monologues that will be written by individual artists about what is going on right here and now. It includes folks uh, such as Mariah Richardson, Carter Lewis, Trayvon Griffith, as well as uh, Octavio Solis and other artists, writers, St. Louis and around the country, uh, to think about who we are right now in quarantine and What I'm finding is that there is love and kindness in places that I I didn't imagine there would be love and kindness. So I'm inviting the artists to share uh, a piece of themselves in terms of what they've been going through since COVID.
1: Hmm. So you say the news is, is not all bad. Some people are finding some surprising good things that are coming out of this time.
0: Yes, I think this is time that tests our humanity, tests who we think we are and what we're capable of.
1: And are you writing a piece uh, personally for this project, or are you just facilitating these other people that are are contributing their pieces?
0: I'm I'm mainly um, curating and directing these pieces. I, I have a piece in mind uh, that I I may contribute as well.
1: And the piece, your personal piece, is is that something where you're focused on something that's more the surprising kindness, or as you say, also some surprising things that where people maybe haven't responded so well.
0: I, I'm looking at both sides of it uh, within an individual mm-hmm. who we are, how we've been raised, uh, how. Uh, those things that we believe in are are tested. What do we have to learn that's new? I think also what we have to let go of in terms of certain things that we believe would always be here. Mm. Uh, those are the things that I think the the writers are tackling in this evening. And, and it's being done around Thanksgiving and uh, there'll be uh, discussions around why we should be giving thanks
1: right now. Hmm. That seems like some perfect timing there. You mentioned curating these artists and and some of them from all around the country. These are not just St. Louis artists. Um, Does the pandemic that we're in, does that present some unique opportunities for a place like St. Louis where maybe it would be hard to get big name artists to want to come here in person? But now that we're all connected um, and people are maybe looking for interesting jobs, that maybe there's artists who'd be interested in working on something like this who in the pre-pandemic times, you might not be able to get involved.
0: I think artists are always interested in telling their stories, finding platforms to share uh, their perspectives. I think, um, yes, we are in a very unique time. Uh, We are being challenged as artists to figure out how we will continue to tell our stories, Uh, the challenges of, of, uh, quarantine. Uh, how do we do that if we're not in the same room? Mm-hmm. Uh, is is a huge question. Uh, but I think um, in that we are creative. We are finding ways. Uh, and I think online is is really a wonderful way to uh, actually open up doors, uh, create new audiences for theaters.
1: So one of the challenges um, that seems to come with this time, there's a lot of, of new potential with this time, but one of the challenges is that you can't have an in-person audience. It's just not safe for people to sit closely next to each other. And, and that buzz you get from having people live watch you, so many people have Zoom fatigue. Are, are you worried about that, that it's harder to get people to experience these new works, no matter how exciting they are, when people are just tired of looking at a screen um, and it just doesn't have that buzz that you get when you're there in a live theater? setting?
0: Well, uh, there are differences between um, theater and, say, TV film. I I think people are drawn towards stories, whether you're sitting around a fire uh, uh, where we started uh, sharing our lives. It is how we make connection to truths about our journeys uh, how we connect with people to let them know that they're not alone in this world in terms of their journeys, wherever they may be sitting, standing uh, <laughs> up under the bed. Uh, you know, whether that's radio, uh, whether that's TV, whether that is in person. it, it is in, in, For theater, there is that interaction that we are seeking uh, one-on-one which I think can still be presented online. These are the challenges. It is about finding the authentic voice that strikes a person uh, no matter what platform.
1: Now, you mentioned that you grew up in the theater. I'd love for our listeners to just get a little um, context into what launched you. I mean, people know your face. They know your voice. Just hearing you talk today, it's like, oh, yes, that voice. Um, But tell me a little bit about how you got started. I I understand you grew up also in the middle of the country. I
0: grew up in Dallas, Texas, uh, south of the Trinity River in Dallas, Texas. Uh, My mother, uh, early on, taught me the importance of of words, of creativity, that it is a survival tool, creativity, uh, how that impacts every part of your life to be able to imagine oneself uh, beyond the square of dirt where you're born, Mm -hmm. uh, that people try and place things on you in terms of names even before your first breath, uh, to use your own imagination. Uh, she introduced me to books. She also taught me how to write, Early, as far back as I can remember, I was writing children's books uh, with crayons and uh, construction paper. And it was to teach me how to navigate the world, to imagine worlds, uh, to go from the imagination to rolling up one sleeve and to make those dreams concrete. Uh, how are you going to survive in this world, if not through utter determination? and great imagination. Uh, So I started there, uh, became a journalism major in college. And while I was in college, I, I fell into an acting class because they said it was an easy credit. So I really loved acting in that. I was being a writer, very introverted, also a bit of a stutterer. I was able to gain my voice in a very different way. Mm -hmm. But in the same way of, I love books and writing, I love theater acting because you're able to submerge yourself in other people's skin, to travel the world, uh, to uh, jump in terms of time, to have those experiences outside what one figures is outside of oneself and to come back to self with a more expanded view of humanity and the tenacity of the human spirit. And so I lend that to my acting, to my writing, to my directing, to my teaching, uh, to my activism in this world. How do you ignite someone else's mind? Uh, let them know their infinite possibilities in this world. It starts, I think, with. With uh, creativity, no matter what field you're in, whether that's how you plant your garden, how you create a meal, how you think outside the box in creating new medicine, uh, it's it's all it is sparked by the imagination. How you harness that, what you want to do with that—that's very much about uh, my work. I believe in being so privileged in being given this opportunity in St. Louis uh, with the Repertory Theater of St. Louis. Uh, One of the first things I want to do, even as I'm there virtually, Mm -hmm. is to, I've started dreaming about a community garden. Hmm. And as uh, I am right now in dallas texas i am comforted by my mother's garden her flowers still grow every year that which she she labored um, she put her hands on and put into the earth still still arises every every year every season uh, there's a conversation that i can have with her through the earth i would love to then as i'm figuring the challenge of quarantine, and how to connect to St. Louis physically and spiritually, uh, to have a garden where I can uh, first send the earth that's right here where I was born, Mm -hmm. to transplant that, uh, to transplant those bulbs that are in my mother's garden. I'd love to begin there,
1: Hmm. Well, that sounds wonderful, and sort of a tangible piece of the ground where you're at to be here, um, and and also just the connection to your mother, since you describe her as the person who got you reading and and got you understanding stories. This this sounds yes. like just the best way to connect you physically to this place that you'll be working in virtually.
0: Yes, uh, that I am uh, rooted in this work. I was planted here. To be in St. Louis to continue that very rooted work in St. Louis.
1: Well, Regina Taylor, I want to thank you so much for joining us today, and also we look uh, we look forward so much to hearing what you're going to be uh, doing and achieving and, and bringing together during your three years here.
0: Thank you. Uh, I'd also like to mention the Black Album
1: that I'm working on,
0: uh, students are performing a piece called the black album that i wrote for southern methodist university it is about what it is to be black in 2020 it is uh, all of those uh, conversations the overlap of, of conversations we've been having right now in terms of identity past present future uh, and that uh resistance in terms of erasure uh it is told from Very unapologetically Black gaze. I'm very proud of the work and I hope that people will tune in to watch it. Um, It is, if you go to Southern Methodist University, the Black Album at smu.edu, it will be presented October 27th and 29th.
1: That is great. And we will make sure to get information about that on our website. That's stlpublicradio.org. We'll have a link directly to what Regina is describing there. So Regina Taylor, thank you so much. Thank you. Pleasure. Is listening to an episode of St. Louis on the Air part of your daily routine? If so, suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help new people discover our show. Thank you.